This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and pound. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't yes, that is right, folks. I am back, Jeremy Brand, your host of Sucker Radio. We are back with another brand new edition this week. And it is a good one, folks. It is a good one. I will be joined shortly by Titan FC CEO Jeff Aronson to discuss Titan FC 33, which is going down not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, March 20th, Friday. Check it out. It will be live on CBS Sports. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss his feelings about Titan FC and, and uh, you know how it's been going since he took over just over a year ago. Um, we'll discuss that and a bunch more. Jeff Aronson, always good to talk to, always a fun cat to have on the show, so I'm glad to have him back. He will join us shortly. Justin Pirro will give us his unpopular opinions, as always, and he also has an interview with Canadian middleweight Tough Nations winner, Elias Theodoro, who's fighting this weekend. Yes, it is fight week. UFC 185, Anthony Pettis versus Rafael Dos Anjos. What does that mean? Yes, that's right, folks. DraftKings.com. You know the deal. Head on over to DraftKings.com. Get in your $2 pick. Yes, that's right. It's only $2 in a $25,000 prize pool. First place wins $2,000, and the top 3,000 scores will win money. It starts Saturday, March 14th at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So you get your picks in before that, you're set. It's a salary cap style drafting, $50,000 to select five fighters. You can select any five fighters you want so long as you stay under that $50,000 salary cap. And as always, you will get a 100% bonus back up to $600. That's right, $600 dollars using the coupon code MMA sucker that's MMA S U C K A draftkings.com UFC 185 contest get in right now time is limited you only have until 4 p.m. Pacific time 7 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday so get in before the prizes run out and uh, you can't win that $2000 for first place UFC 185 is a great one. It is headlined, as I said, Rafael Dos Anjos will be not defending, but looking to capture the title off of uh, lightweight champion Anthony Pettis. He'll look to defend that strap and uh, show that he is the king of the hill at 155 pounds. In the co-main event, the women's strawweight uh, belt, 115-pound title is up for grabs as champion Carla Esparza goes up against Joanna. I do not want to pronounce her last name. Um, This is a fun match. Should be good. Welterweight's up next. Johnny Hendricks takes on Matt Brown. Hendricks, a lot of people thought that he was going to be up against Robbie Lawler next, but it looks like, you know, in the meantime, he's got a fight to win in order to earn number one contender status. So Johnny Hendricks, Matt Brown, very elusive fight. You never know what's going to happen when Matt Brown enters that cage. He was on such a winning streak for a while there. Um, you never know. And he was beating beasts. So a fight, if he gets a win over Johnny Hendricks, he's right up there in the 170-pound division. And then you have on the other side Johnny Hendricks. He picks up a victory. He could be going up against either Robbie Lawler or Rory McDonald for that 170-pound gold next. The heavyweights, Roy Nelson, Alistair Overeem, someone is going to be hitting the canvas in this one. Do not blink, folks. Someone will hit the mat. I do not see this one going all three rounds. Although, from the looks of it, on the MMASucker.com staff predictions, which will drop on Friday, looks like some people think it will go all three rounds. So, uh, yeah, I'm not doing any predictions here. As you can tell, you will have to look at those at the staff predictions on, on Friday. 
And kicking off the pay-per-view, Chris Cariasso and Olympian Henry Cejudo square off in flyweight um, matchup. Uh, it's a great card. The prelims will be on FX. Um, and the lower preliminary card, there will be three fights on UFC Fight Pass. As I said, Canadian Elias Theodora will be on the card. Canadian Sam Stout will be on the card. Uh, there's some great, great fights on this card. So check it out Saturday, UFC 185. That is about it for me. Let's get right into my first guest. It's been just over a year since Jeff Aronson took over as CEO of Titan FC. He's built a stable of talent along with some other notable big names to make Titan an MMA promotion to talk about. It's my pleasure to welcome Jeff back to Sucker Radio. Jeff, thanks for joining me today, man. My pleasure, Jeremy. Always a pleasure having me on, and thanks for the support of Titan. Now, how's it going, man? I mean, I know you're. I saw on Twitter that you're in New York City. Uh, what's going on for you in the Big Apple? Yeah, just uh, have a few business uh, meetings out here today, and I'm uh, I'm actually flying back tonight. Um, you know, Titan obviously is is taking on a life of its own. It's uh, it's kind of a runaway ship, and and I feel like I have a uh, a tiger by the tail a lot of times. So, I'm uh, I'm dealing with it. It's like eating an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. And and every show is bigger than the last. And now we're concentrating on Mobile Arrow Fest in two weeks. And and man, it's just just a really exciting time. So yeah, as I said, you took over more just over a year ago. Um, just explain in your mind how things have gone for you since since you took charge. The positives, any negatives that you need to work on. Uh, just let us know how you think things have gone over the past year. Yeah, I, I think um, from a positive standpoint, I think we took a promotion. Um, I purchased it, uh, basically a regional promotion um, with a, uh, a a non-existent television deal at that point. Um, bought it out. Um, got a deal established with CBS sports immediately, um, put on some fantastic shows, um, last year have taken the first quarter off in order to concentrate on this mobile arrow Fest show, which is just a massive show. Um, the biggest show we've done to date, um, four title fights, weigh-ins on the SS Alabama, um, you know, Shannon Lee's involved from the Bruce Lee foundation, a hero, Gary Sinise, so many partners. There's so many to, to, to name, um, and we're just doing this mega event there on uh, March 20th and the 21st, and we'll be doing uh, community outreach and, and a whole bunch of stuff with, with the veterans that whole week, and then from there, um, we're going to start stepping it up, and the Titan shows will be coming regularly, fast and furious, so on for that side, I'm extremely happy. Um, as far as the negatives, I think that we we grew very fast we definitely felt the growing pains um it's a lot more work than i ever expected running an mma promotion um and i think in you know i think the most important thing is never to lose sight that the next show always has to be the best show and you can never rest your laurels on a show you know that you did two months before because in this business you're only as good as your last event truly because you know, you watch guys get out there and, and you know what, they, we have a shitty night of fights and it's a bad night put together. And, you know, next thing you know, um, you know, people aren't happy. And, and my goal has always been um, fans fighters first and to put on the best shows possible. And I, I would, I would put money on it that the Titan event coming up in Arrowfest is the best card this year, not named UFC. Wow. Definitely. I, I mean, yeah, it's a it's an event that, that people are looking forward to. Let's talk about it a little bit. It kicks off with, with the weigh-ins on a friggin' battleship. I mean, how how did you come up with having the weigh-ins on USS Alabama? Dude, how insane is that? That it's on the battleship. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just uh, that's just incredible. Um uh, you know, I props us to go out to Lex McMahon who um who facilitated that. Um He's been on the ground involved with this Aerofest uh, project constantly, and he's been dealing, um, you know, day and night putting this together. This is really his baby, and you know, I got to give him the credit for the uh, for the way he's being on the battleship. It's something never done before, and I think it's just going to be amazing. So there will be bands, exhibits, whatnot, along with Titan FC. You said Shannon Lee from uh, Bruce Lee Foundation is, is going to be involved in it as well. How, how is she involved with it? 
she's going to be helping with the community outreach, the anti-bullying, um, you know, talking to the kids, talking to the, the soldiers, um, you know, coming in and, and just adding a lot of credibility to the event. Um, same as Gary Sinise and, and all the other partners that are in there, man. It's just, it's just an incredible, it's, it's an incredible opportunity to be able to give back to the, to the men and women who are the true fighters, not the guys that go in the cage for 15 or 25 minutes, you know, with a ref and, and a pair of gloves and, 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 uh, is sanctioned. We're talking about guys that have lost limbs, women that have lost limbs and more and, and will never be the same. And, and I just think that, um, anything we can do to help support and, and, and get them the help they need is something that, that everybody should be positive and, and want to have a part of. For sure. Let's talk about those guys getting in the cage though. Four title fights on one card, exciting ones to say the least, but what made you put all your eggs sort of in one basket with this one? I wanted to give Aerofest um, the type of card that they deserve. Um, like I said, it's a foundation, it's a festival and all the pros, the, the profits are going towards, um, you know, the organizations helping the veterans. So I wanted to give them the best card we could, you know, we're going to have thousands of people there, um, tens of thousands of people there. And I just felt having a night of champions was something so cool, especially to do four title of fights on yeah. one card. Um, that I don't remember the last card that I, I, I don't even, I don't think I remember four title fights on any card ever. So we just wanted to outdo it and, and wanted to come out there just guns blazing on this one. Now, five of the eight fighters in the, in the title matches are fighting for the very first time with Titan. Um, let me know your t- decision-making process behind this move. And, and by no means am I being negative with this question because I am super stoked for all these fights. Sure. Um, well, I, I think you have John Madsen in there. John Madsen was 4-1 in UFC. Um, knocked the guy out in 41 seconds um, last year. Um, he's The guy's an absolute beast. Um, definitely UFC caliber fighter for sure. Um, wound up getting cut from the UFC off the loss due to a cut when UFC was purging all those fighters a few years ago, if you remember. Yeah. Um, and he's going in there against Chase Gormley. Uh, UFC vet as well. Tough guy, four-fight win streak. I think it's a perfect matchup for the inaugural heavyweight title. So on that fight, I, I think that we're going to see someone getting finished. I don't see that going five rounds anyway, shape or form. Um, you've got Wild Watson against Brett Johns. Wild Watson has two wins in Titan already. Um, he's fighting Brett Johns, the number one 135-er uh, out of the U.K. Um, uh, absolute finishing machine. Uh, that fight is just going to be explosive to say the least. And then you've got Pat Healy. Pat Healy has been a fan favorite for years in every organization he's ever fought for. He went through some tough times in UFC after he lost that bonus in the uh, Jim Miller fight. But up to then he was surging. He was in the middle of the top 10. Um, he went through a bad spell, came right out, defeated uh, an 18 and three fighter from Bellator. Uh, a couple months ago, I brought him over to Titan. He's going to fight um, Kirk Kinzer, who I believe is 8-0, with uh, seven first-round finishes, uh, a wrecking machine out of Indiana. Um, and then, of course, you have the main event, Desmond Green, 2-0 and in Titan, um, maybe the most electrifying Titan debut ever, yeah. um, coming out and, and absolutely decimating Miguel Torres in in. I think it was 40 seconds or 30 seconds or something that, that, you know, I don't think anyone had any idea something like that was going to happen um, against Kurt Hollibo. Kurt Hollibo is, is definitely one of the, the top prospects out there, not in UFC, who was, and in my opinion, should, should still be there. I mean, the guy lost a, a short notice fight on a week's notice. He took a fight against Pat Healy in a weight class above him. He went three rounds with him, actually dropped Pat in the first round. Um, and fought a tough decision loss. Then he had a split decision loss, again, short notice from Steven Seiler, that he made a stupid mistake in the third round and could have very easily won that fight. He comes back. He's on a four-fight win streak now. Um, he, uh, he, he did to Lloyd Woodward what I don't think anybody's ever done to Lloyd Woodward. You know, that, that was like almost like a retirement-type yeah. situation <laughs> where he just... You know, he knocked him out in, I think, 14 seconds or something crazy like that. And you're talking about Lloyd Woodward, a guy that's beat Patricky Pitbull. Um, so, 
these two guys going at it, I think, are two of the brightest stars not in the UFC in that 145 division. Now, while we're talking titles, I, I know you're not one to mince words. What happened with Vinny Magalhaes? I mean, he's not with Titan anymore. I saw he was fi- supposed to fight for WSOF. What happened with him? Um, we're just in, in um, some contact. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out. Okay, so a few late changes happened to the card, um, you know, which can happen to any card, of course, but it sure. seems like you brought in some some great talent as those replacements. Just talk about finding late replacements and your thinking behind who you choose to step in. Yeah, I think uh, Scott Cupworth and Joe Wooster do a fantastic job on that. They always have their hand on the pulse of, of the top prospects out there. And our depth is, is really deep at this point. And when, when somebody gets hurt or bails out, they always have somebody on deck at this point. And they've done a fantastic job of facilitating that in, in this particular card and, and making sure that if somebody gets hurt or somebody's out, that they're able to back it up with somebody as good or, or better. For sure. Now, the depth on your current roster, you said, is is pretty deep. You've got already... On top of the heap, you've got Desmond Green, you have Pat Healy, a lot of other solid fighters. Are you happy with where the company is at right now, or is are there still holes that you need to fill to make make yourself happy? Jeremy, you know me. We've done a bunch of interviews. I'm never happy. <laughs> I'm never happy. I'm uh, you know, I'm always. I always think we could do things better. I always strive to do things better. But I think we're getting there. I think day by day we're getting there. I think we started out, you know. Nobody was really talking about Titan, and today Titan's mentioned in the top three, four promotions, you know, every day, you know. So I think that if you look at what we've done in the past year compared to any other MMA promotion, I think Titan definitely has garnered the most recognition in the last year out of any other promotion. Do you take things from those, not necessarily the UFC, because, you know, they are the heap of the crop. Um, do you take anything from those other promotions, those other two and three promotions that, that you sort of shouldn't do? No, I, I, well, yeah, I watch their mistakes and I make sure that to learn from history. And and if I see that it's going on with other people, you know, I, I started this from a manager's perspective. So my 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 total background has been pro fighter. Um, I just don't understand, you know, some of the things that some promotions do. And it's, it's been very public. And, you know, sometimes when it happens with one guy, okay. You know, two guys, okay, it could happen. You know, disgruntled guys. But when you start hearing things over and over and over and over again, I think, you know, you realize you've got to do things right. You've got to treat people like, treat, like people. You've got you've to appreciate what they do. You've got to, you know, really, really be there for them. And, and I think that's something that, that we've done exceptionally well. I agree. Now, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your UFC out clause because, you know, the first time I had you on was before your very first show that you took over Titan. That was something that you were very proud of, very pleased with, and the fighters that you have on board are super happy with it as well. But to you, does it get annoying at all? For instance, when you had Ben Saunders in the main event, yes, you were happy for him that he, he got the, the call to the UFC, but he got picked up just days before the bout. Does that get annoying? No, you know what the truth is that that uh, the Ben situation. Um, I actually helped with with uh, his manager, um, Audio Tear at um, Paradigm, um, facilitate Ben's release and get him into UFC. We had uh, a couple fights that had fallen out for Ben, and and we were going to match him in the main event, but it wasn't the fight at the level that I wanted it to be. So um, Ben had an opportunity, and we got on the phone and. And we were able to make a, a dream happen for him. So I wouldn't take that back for anything. It's not annoying. It's it's really a blessing. Are there stipulations with champions like, say, Desmond Green, who is your champ, was offered a fight with the UFC when he already had a bout partnered with you guys to defend his title? I think um, I think I think it's within as long as it's within thirty days, not within thirty days of an event, um, then they can go. And and if it is within thirty days of an event you know, we'll talk it out and figure it out and, and always do best by the fighter. All right, before I let you go here, just let our listeners know what you have planned for the rest of 2015. Any shakeups, any big signings? I know you're going to have big signings, but uh, anything yeah. going on? Yeah, there'll be some major announcements um, at the Arrowfest card um, live on CBS Sports Network um, and live on CBSSports.com. And I'll be making some major announcements of some new uh, new signings and some new deals and, 
you know, a whole bunch of fun stuff that I think people have been waiting for. And I think they're uh, finally going to get to hear about some of it on uh, March 20th. How many events can we can we expect for 2015? I don't know. I'll tell you pretty soon, as soon as uh, I, I lock up a couple uh, things that are going on right now. He is Jeff Aronson. Titan FC 33 goes down Friday, March 20th, live on CBS Sports. Jeff, man, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. You know, just let people know where they can get a hold of you, not only yourself, but Titan FC as well in the social media universe. Sure. Go to Twitter, uh, J Aronson, Titan FC. Um, you can also fight, uh, follow Titan Fighting on Twitter. Um, Instagram, same thing, uh, Jeff Aronson, and uh, Instagram, Titan Fighting. So anybody that wants to look it up, just come look it up. And I always give out tidbits and giveaways and all that fun stuff. Jeff, all the best and have fun on the 20th. Uh, Have a great 2015 as well, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Hello again, everyone. It's me, Justin Pirro, back again for more unpopular opinions on Sucker Radio at MMASucker.com. And I am joined by a man who writes for Vice Fightland, CTV Sportsnet, and Fighters Only and knows far more about the Ontario Hockey League than any sane person should. He is Mr. Sean W. Smith. How are you doing, Sean? I'm well, man. Thanks for having me on the program. I appreciate it. I'm glad to have you. So, first off, as a fellow Canadian, are you as disappointed by TSN's UFC coverage as I am? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those weird things where it feels like the mainstream fans are losing out, but so are the hardcore fans like you and I. You know, the people who subscribe to UFC Fight Pass, um, you know, for for about a year or so since uh, Fight Pass launched, we've been able to watch the events on Fight Pass. N- no issues really on my end. Uh, TSN took over the deal, obviously, and all of a sudden we, we don't get the uh, the events. Um, we didn't really get any notice about this happening either, I found. Um, and then for mainstream fans, yes, they're showing the shows. Sometimes they're delayed. There's no... There's no pre-fight. There's no UFC-connected sort of thing, kind of like what Sportsnet had. Um, I know that, that Fight, Network, Fight Network is kind of taking care of that stuff, but if you're a mainstream fan, odds are you're not um, subscribed to, to Fight Network. So they're making the sport difficult for mainstream fans to, to kind of um, grasp onto because it's the kind of sport where you really have to kind of dig your teeth into it and and this isn't new from tsn i mean we saw the same thing when when wec was part of them when mfc was shown there's just absolutely no no care for the mma product there no i think the only one who seems to be defending them is the host from bar down and it seems like he's basically being given talking points and being told hey you have MMA guys on. You go defend us. You you go do that. You go try and mollify them. And I just found that even more irritating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't watch a lot of the Sports Center talk shows because I find them all irritating. But um, I, I there's there's no defense, especially for those for those like us that have fight pass and you know are very passionate about the sport and, and cover the sport. You've made the sport more difficult for us to to acquire to to watch and that's that's a you know that's a struggle and it's you know part of a bigger thing where the ufc has clearly kind of rolled back their interest in the canadian market um and i don't know if that's gsp related or, or what what happened there but there's there's a definite disinterest in the canadian market now on the ufc's behalf i blame vancouver and ufc 174 I was there, and it was. I'm sorry, but uh, the attendance there. I just. I figured Vancouver just didn't know its place in the hierarchy. They figured they should be getting Las Vegas cards, and quite honestly, no, we shouldn't. We got a card appropriate to the level of where we're at, and honestly, I'm going to be surprised if we ever get a fight night again. I, I agree. I think that card ended up being particularly um, bad. Um, oh, it, it did. My no, never mind that. But I just meant like the level of the card. It just it wasn't as bad. Sorry, on paper it wasn't as bad as some people thought. No, no, definitely not. Um, I I think I think June's a hard time because the weather's so nice. You know, the summer months are always going to be a little bit down unless you're in Las Vegas. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? What's the what's the solution here on the UFC's part or, or TSN's part? Uh, for TSN, they you know, 
for one, you just have to realign with the kind of viewership you want. Do you want younger viewership or do you want the darts and curling crowd? I mean, I understand curling is a big deal here in Canada, but first off, they have to change the tier structure. They can't have it in terms of regions. It just messes with everything. You know, have like TSN one, two, three, drop a little bit of the focus on hockey because you don't have the NHL anymore and tear things up instead of doing it by region because TSN one in Ontario, like the one that everybody gets on their basic cable in Ontario, isn't the same as we get out here in BC. And I was ranting until I was blue in the face about that because I shouldn't have had to log into their website just to be able to watch the UFC. Well, this is, uh, if you, I mean, it's a, clear disrespect for for mixed martial arts could you imagine if you know the briar was like curling event um can you imagine if they started that an hour later than the event like it wasn't live people would lose their minds they would never disrespect the fans like that but mma is held to to a lower standard so and this sport i mean it was born online um spread online you know people sharing tapes and that kind of thing the social media interaction is such a major part of this sport, um, as we both know. So to not have it live, you, you kind of destroy that whole thing. Definitely. And I mean, the lack of show on there, I mean, even if they just rebroadcast Fight Network original content, I mean, yes, we'd all love to see Showdown Joe come back on TSN. The guy deserves his money. He deserves to be able to work. He does a good job and he is a bit of a pioneer for the Canadian MMA media. So, you know, as much as I have unintentionally disrespected him in the past about saying I'd rather have TSN showing the UFC before they did anything else, you know, showing it nationwide properly you know he is someone who should be on air and i hope that one of the spinoff benefits of the fight network getting the coverage is they start getting enough money that they can hire joe to go along with their already cracked team yeah yeah that would be uh good to see or or any attempt at a show i mean even when they used to show the boxing event they'd have I can't remember what it was called, but they'd have Russ Amber on, and they'd have a half-hour breakdown of the, the recent fights. Why can't they do something similar with MMA? You've got the footage for, for the UFC. Why, why not have a half-hour show, you know, uh, not in prime time, because obviously you're going to have a, a live sporting event, but, but put it on there, and, and enough people see it, and they'll be interested in the upcoming fights. It'll help your ratings. It'll help the sport grow. To me, it just makes a lot of sense. Of course, which is probably why they'll never do it. I mean, they have to have Michael Landsberg trolling fighters uh, more than uh, giving actual coverage to everything. They have to have him on three, four, seven times a day. That's right. Uh, it's frustrating. It's almost as frustrating as the UFC's handling of uh, their strawweight champion, Carla Esparza. I, I don't get it. I see money in her, but I don't get why the UFC doesn't. Who? No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't really understand it either. I know that the UFC has has often struggled with lower weight classes, and that's a, a common problem in combat sports is is selling those those lower weight classes, and especially with the women for whatever reason. It, it's been a transition for for people to be interested in seeing women compete in, in mixed martial arts or or boxing or anything. So, but what I don't understand is that they're not even they don't even seem to be trying here to. To put her, she's barely on the the poster. I haven't seen any hype about this this fight, and it's a pretty good fight that I think the hardcore fans are interested in. Well, for sure. I mean, Joanna, your Jacek, or however you pronounce it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to any Polish listeners we have. I'm not even gonna your language it. is almost as difficult to pronounce when only seen as a written word as the Squamish language, and they have a freaking seven in their First Nations band name. <laughs> so you understand. You please understand that it's very hard to get the proper pronunciation based on how it's spelled in traditional English characters. But I digress. I just I see money in Esparza because she's like that tomboy girl next door who grew up and realized she could still be a tomboy but be girly at the same time. I see money there. I also see money in the fact that she can appeal to the Hispanic audience. I know that they're trying so desperately hard to get Cain Velasquez over into Mexico, but, uh, you know, focus on who you have and who you have is Esparza. And I bet you she probably speaks better Spanish than Cain. 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how connected she is with her her roots, but but uh, I'm interested. Do do you think that if this was Rose Namajunas, you know, someone that I feel like fight fans have really connected with more, do you think it would be a different situation? Probably. I just don't feel like they've been given the chance to connect with Carla. I mean. If you look at her social media presence, she's pretty popular. I mean, you've got the cookie monster deal. You know, yeah, she loves cookies. She's sweet in the streets, rage in the cage. She walks out to old school Metallica and Justice for All, Harvester of Sorrow, which I absolutely love. And as I'm speaking right now about this, I am flying the horns. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, 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 wish I, I don't a- see what's not there to not like. I don't see what's there to not hook people. Yeah, I mean, she is a girly girl, and maybe that is hard for people to grab onto. But they're not even giving people a chance. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not—they're you know—they're not pushing her at all. It, it's disappointing. I mean, she's got the whole team yin yang thing with Felice Herrick. She's got one of the managers with the most hustle in MMA. She's got uh, Sucker Punch Entertainment behind her, and I mean, you see how hard they hustle to get their fighter sponsorships and stuff. I mean, do you think? That connection with Felice Herrig is something that that turns people off because she, I mean, as as much as she has a lot of fans, there's also that group that just, just doesn't like her. It doesn't like the way she presents herself. I think so, but I actually think Carla softens Herrig as well because you know you see them hanging out and you're like, oh, okay, well they shouldn't get along. Yeah, but I, they do. I think that's a good point. I like that idea. Um, yeah, like they complement each other. It's like the odd couple. Yeah, yeah, no, I could totally see that. I think I think part of the problem too is that there's so many cards these days that a lot of these fights, which are very good fights, are just getting lost in the shuffle because they move from one main event to the next, and they, and they, there's there's just so many fights in between that they just don't get any love. They don't get you know the primetime shows or whatever their pre-show thing is called these days. Um, they're just not getting any love. So I just think with events. Almost every weekend this year, it's just sometimes the, these fighters get lost. Um, you know, maybe if she can put together a streak, that'll change. But but it's not too much different than what we've seen with Demetrius Johnson over the last few years. Um, yeah. You know, I, I kind of feel like it's it's pretty similar, actually. It is. And I, I just think they've marketed Demetrius the wrong way. I mean, he could be... He should be on shows like At Midnight. He should be getting interviewed by Chris Hardwick. He should be on The Talking Dead. He should be appealing to the nerds. I'm sorry, but it's true. I mean, his his fan base should be gamers. It should be people like that. People who might not necessarily watch the fights because they're too busy with their nose stuck into Battlefield. But that's his appeal. That's his audience, and they're just completely ignoring it. Yeah, I almost feel like... The way that they've marketed Demetrius is that here's this wholesome, boring guy. Like that's his thing now. Like they, they've they've latched onto this thing that he's just like he's got a wife. Um, I don't know if he has kids. I think he's got a kid on the way. He's got two. He's got two. Okay, great. So, you know, he's just this wholesome father. Like, oh, look at this guy. But but there's so much more to his character than that. And and I've never interviewed him, so I don't know how outgoing he is, but. Even if he's oh. not that outgoing, he can't be much worse than, you know, say a GSP. He was never that outgoing either. Actually, he's very outgoing. He's been on Sucker Radio a few times, and I think he's always been a very engaging interview. I mean, when he first talked about going ham, I mean, that that was awesome. And it's like, why isn't the UFC working with this? Yeah, I don't know. I uh, it's Is it a disinterest in the fans with the, the lower weight classes? Because that's always been a struggle. Or is that the UFC just doesn't doesn't pay enough mind? I don't know. I think maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle. It, it's hard for people to to get behind a guy that weighs 125 pounds fighting. That's an uphill battle. It's always going to be an uphill battle. Heavyweights are always going to be. It's the marquee division. Yeah. People always want to see the heavyweights because they're larger than life. But sometimes the smaller weight classes, if they have the right fighters, can make that big surge. I mean. Look at Pacquiao and Mayweather. I mean, they're like right smack dab in the middle. And if you go even lower, there's no need to in boxing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no need to was a big star. Um, I mean, 
Pacquiao Mayweather right around 150 or 154. Um, but even like, you know, Jose Aldo's not a big star for the UFC, at least not outside Brazil. They've- well, I put that blame on Jose Aldo, though. He doesn't really do. I mean, he's improved more, but uh, he just kind of secludes himself away in Brazil and trains. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get to know him. And, uh, you know, some of that's intentional, but a guy like TJ Dillashaw, who is, uh, you know, the bantamweight champ, why isn't he on Conan O'Brien? Yeah. You know, I, I feel I feel like the UFC is not doing enough to promote certain fighters in a mainstream setting. They want to, they say they're mainstream, but, you know, why isn't Ronda Rousey on the Today Show? Why isn't, uh, sorry, why isn't Fabrizio Verdum on Good Morning America? When are they going to get John Jones? Oh, wait, no, John Jones has done uh, Regis and Kelly or Kelly and Michael or whatever the hell it is now. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's called, but um, I don't think MMA is as mainstream as the UFC would like you to believe. Um, you know, combat sports, watching people get punched in the face is always going to be a niche thing, I think. It's not for everyone. Not every sports fan is going to cling on to this thing that that we love so much and we can see the value in it not everyone's going to so it's going to be a tough sell mma is always going to be a tough sell as soon as you see that cage you're like how can this be a sport but i mean it's definitely going to be an uphill battle and and the little guys just have it that much worse cain velasquez junior dos santos i mean those are the guys that the mainstream fans want to see because they like you said they they look larger than life and they produce the knockouts that much more frequently than the little guys. But I, then at the same time, like Demetrius Johnson has been getting finishes. People can't say he's a boring fighter anymore. Yeah. And I mean, there's also more electric personalities, more, sorry, more outwardly electric personalities in the flyweight division. I mean, you've got, uh, for better or for worse, Ian McCall, you've got John Dodson and I, and now provided he makes weight, you've got Henry Cejudo and Sergio Pettis. I mean, Little, sorry, little bitty Pettis. I mean, that's an exciting fighter right there. Plus, he's got the pedigree from his older brother, uh, Anthony. So, I mean, the lighter weight classes, they should be prime for a surge now. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 weird. I mean, we still don't know exactly what makes a superstar in this sport or in anything. Because if you think about George St. Pierre, I mean, what reason should he have been one of the biggest pay-per-view draws of all time because his interviews weren't particularly exciting his fighting style wasn't great i mean people say ben Askren is boring but is he any more boring than than gsp ever was i don't think so um but he was one of the biggest pay-per-view stars they ever had so so i think i don't know if it's timing or what it is but but we really we just don't have that formula down yet no i'm gonna tell you part of the gsp appeal though women found him attractive for whatever reason, you know, clean cut, decent shape, sorry, actually fantastic shape, not covered in tattoos, seemed very respectful, very respectable and humble. Could Women like that. Demetrius John. Yeah. Or you know, and it, it sounds like Demetrius, but guy. yeah, uh, but I just don't think he's gotten the same opportunities as GSP either. GSP, he was just such a force of nature that people had to take notice. You know, all these fights where people were saying, oh, it's going to be his toughest challenge yet. And then he just roused them before there was rousy. You know, he just, he dominated them, even if he didn't necessarily finish them. He made, he pretty much embarrassed a lot of people. I mean, Josh Koscheck's never been the same. No, I mean, yeah, he did that to a lot of guys. But, um, you know, to an extent, I think you could say the same thing about Demetrius Johnson. Has he not yeah. his last four or five opponents, like, absolutely outclassed them beyond belief? And he's got the Microsoft sponsorship. I mean, who else had that? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't understand what, what it is about him that people just absolutely refuse to to get on. But, you know... I, I, as a fight fan, as a hardcore fight fan, I'm excited to see him fight live again in Montreal. I'm going to that card. You know, I'm excited yeah. to see Dillashaw Barrow too. I think the first fight was fantastic. It's one of my favorite fights of last year, just because it was this, oh. you know, this surprise. Uh, you know, this time we don't know what to expect. To me, that's exciting. That makes it uh, an entertaining fight. So I, I'm really excited to see both those fights. Yeah, no, that they're going to be great fights, and 
I'm going to say as far as Demetrius Johnson, I think part of the blame lies on us as the media. We kind of accept a narrative and we don't look deeper. And I mean, that's why I do unpopular opinions. It's I want to look at these wider issues around the sport and examine why things are the way they are. Far too often, we just accept um, you know, they tell the story, but, and that's it. We focus on that, and we, we keep telling that story. And I think we've all been guilty of it. No one can say that they're that. Oh, of, of course. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it from Ariel Helwani down. Hell, I'm actually I'm critical of Helwani because I question his impartiality due to how deeply embedded in the UFC machine he is. But that's another story. Yeah, and I, I think you could say the same thing about a lot of writers who you know, write for or are associated with the UFC, but also have their their other thing that they do or the other platform that they write for. Um, you know, a, a lot of the best writers have, have that going on. And, and part of that is, is just that there's not a lot of money in doing this. There's not a lot of money in MMA journalism. So you, you have to, you know, if someone comes with, you know, uh, the checkbook and you, you got to make the rent, like, what are you supposed to do? Exactly that. I mean, not all of us can be John Snowden or Chad Dundas and write books on the side. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's tough. This is a tough, tough. Business. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what I do for fun. In my day job, I go work with boilers and ref- and big ammonia compression refrigeration units. You write for a newspaper, which even then isn't a great living. No. So, let's be honest. Not none of us are. Uh, making our riches off this no. we're just doing it because we love the sport yeah and i make some money doing this now 2007 yeah. a long time to you know i I'm ne- i never have the plan that this is going to be a full-time thing because if you think like that you're just constantly going to be depressed about the money people offer you to write for them um for me it's just you know pick up gigs wherever i can i think i'm i'm a true freelance writer in this thing in that I write for so many different sources all the time that that I don't have a home. Like, I don't have, like, a, a hub. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, you'll see other writers, they jump from place to place. I mean, how many websites... I mean, as much as I love the guy, how many websites has Brent Brookhouse worked for at this point? Yeah. Well, Brent Brent's one of the best in the business. Oh, without a doubt. And I mean, I'm happy he ended up under the USA Today umbrella with MMA Junkie. But, you know, that's that's more the point I'm saying. You know, talent's going to jump where the money is. And that's cre- and that's made it hard for loyalty to take root, if you understand what I'm meaning. Yes, of course, of course. Like I said, it's tough to, to have loyalty to someone who, you know, if they don't have what, what it is you require. And, I mean, if you're not getting paid and someone else offers you money it's hard to say no to that like like you said like we both have jobs outside of writing about mma so how do you say no to that if we can if we can make our lives a little easier exactly and that's why i don't begrudge people for taking those ufc writing jobs i just want them to be honest about it absolutely i i 100 agree with that um i don't begrudge taking those you got to pay the rent, right? So you also have to be honest that if you're writing for the UFC or a UFC affiliate, that is more PR work than it is journalism. It is. And don't get me wrong. It's brilliant on the UFC's part to hire these great writers and reporters and get them to create content for them because they're getting some fantastic content. I mean, you look at the write-ups you get from uh, Spencer Kite, but... At the same time, we have to be honest and just admit we're not going to get impartiality all the time. You're more likely to get impartiality from a smaller site like MMASucka.com. Yes, I'm going to pimp us because, quite honestly, we're not always going to get the press credentials. At least maybe not through the site's name, maybe through somebody else's other writing gigs. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, I didn't get on a conference call for almost a year after I asked Dana White the wrong question. Well, yeah, I mean, bloody elbow comes to mind is one that's doing very good work right now. 
the independent yeah. debates are where you're going to get the more honest opinions for sure. Yeah, and I know we're lucky we've got some uh, good opinions here. We've, you know, Jeremy's always got something good to say. Uh, I know Mike Fagan's done some good stuff. We've been so lucky to have Roxanne Motiferi contribute when she has. And, uh, you know, we've got a whole slew of writers with interesting opinions, and I think we're pretty lucky there. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, struggle is keeping it independent, keeping it strong. And- Voice is fresh. Don't say what whatever. You gotta gotta have something original, and you gotta have something that goes against. Excuse me, against the grain. That's uh, so true, and uh, I think with that, I think it's time for us to uh, end this session of unpopular opinions. I want to thank you for your time, Sean. Where can everybody find you on the social media universe? Yeah, uh, the best way to follow me would be on Twitter at Sean S H A W N underscore W underscore Smith. Uh, anything I write, it'll get posted there, and you can see it. All right. Do you have any big projects coming down the pipeline? None that I can talk about right now, but. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll come back on and talk about them someday. Sounds good. All right. He is Sean W. Smith, freelance writer with Vice Fightland and many other websites. Thank you again for your time, Sean. And I'm going to throw this back to Jeremy one last time after a word from our sponsors. Do you ever wake up some mornings, try and have a coherent thought, and all you hear is... Well, you're not alone. And that's why Onnit has Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is designed to help you with mental alertness and acuity, and it's available at onit.com, along with many other fine products like T Plus and Shroom Tech Sport, in addition to their fitness equipment like their kettlebells and battle ropes. So, go to onit.com and use the promo code MMASUCKA, that's M M A S U C K A, to get 10% off your order. That's onit.com, O N N I T.com. And don't forget to use the promo code MMASUCKA, M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A, to get 10% off. Hello everybody, it's me, Justin Pirro, here for Sucker Radio on MMASUCKA.com, and I am joined by the Tough Nation's middleweight winner, the middleweight with arguably the best hair in the division. He is Elias the Spartan Theodora. How are you doing today, Elias? I'm fantastic, Justin. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So how's uh, the preparation coming? We're a week out from fight time. You know, I'm sure you're getting into that hangry stage, you know, hungry and angry. How is everything going? That's exactly right. No, I, that being said, I'm all in good spirits. I've been through this before and I know the light at the end of the tunnel. The first first hurdle will be weight cut. I'm a big boy. I'm coming down from 230. So uh, I uh, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, but all, all smiles. That's good. Uh, who are you working with for your strength and conditioning and nutrition? Um, my strength and conditioning would be, uh, Steve from bang fitness. Uh, it's a Toronto gym and, um, uh, for my diet and all that jazz, uh, it's my coach Lachlan. He's, uh, has a pharmaceutical background and he's a wizard in his own right. Uh, that definitely, that has to come in handy as far as supplements and diet, having a coach with that kind of background. Oh, definitely. And he's, uh, he hates it when I say this, but he's also the smartest man I know. And, uh, Basically, uh, I'm I feel safe in his arms. <laughs> well, it's always good to have a coach that you can have faith in. Yeah. So you're undefeated now in the UFC. You're two and zero. You've certainly evolved a long way from your days in the score fighting series. I know people have said in the past that your style was more wrestling heavy, but now it's gotten a lot more exciting, especially starting with the win over Sheldon Westcott. Uh, what do you think has brought that about? Uh, just time in. Uh, it's it's I, there has been some comments here and there about my style or whatever coming up, but it was just um, people, many people who maybe um, basically took the easy way and was just basically uh, commenting from the stands versus um, just appreciating the evolution of my skill in general. I've only been training for five years. It'll be six years uh, this um, this June, I believe, June or July. So yeah, June 17th was your first fight I'm seeing here. Yeah, that, that, that was pro, but I mean, training in general, yeah. like uh, martial wow. arts in general. I've only been training for the better part of five, five, almost six years. So it's just an wow. evolution of me as a martial artist. I, I had no background in martial arts. I just started right after my first year of university. And uh, now 
professionally, I only have 10 fights under my belt. So to compare me to anyone that has twice as many is uh, silly. But here I am in the, the top organization competing with the best and I'm slowly working my way up to that. That's good. And you're taking on Roger Nervais, who's seven and one. He's pretty balanced in terms of his uh, win rates. He's, you know, three TKOs, two submissions, two decisions, but he's got a knockout loss. Uh, do you have, do you, sorry, have you guys gone through, have you watched his tape? Have you game planned everything? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I haven't watched his fights and basically picked apart with the, uh, the, the, the sure dog, uh, vortex of, uh, basically his, uh, record. And a lot of those wins are against, uh, bloated one seven years who, um, who barely have a winning record and it's to his detriment. I think, uh, uh, some people unfortunately take the boxing mentality where they need to inflate their records to a certain point. But, um, I think it's to their detriment in the sense that that knockout that you talked about was, uh, basically him first, the first time he ever fought a caliber UFC fighter. And then if you go into his last fight, which was a win against another fellow uh, Ultimate Fighter winner, Luke Barnett, that was more Luke losing than Roger winning. That's true. That's definitely true. And, you know, you've got wins over, you know, a decent list of people. I mean, you've got Bruno Santos, you've got the win over, you beat Sheldon Westcott in spectacular fashion, complete with the high mom, which I think cemented you in a lot of fans' minds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fact that I'm a silly man doing a very, very tough job. Yeah, you know, stuff like that stands out. I mean, it worked for guys like Jason Miller before he went completely off the deep end. Yes, yes. Don't do drugs, kids. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's it's working for you. You got notoriety before... Uh, you know, Sportsnet gave up the UFC television rights. I remember you appearing on an episode of UFC Central and actually doing quite well. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, going back to the television situation, what do you think of the jump to TSN? Are you like me and you think TSN has dropped the ball since getting the UFC TV rights? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I think it's just a progression. Like the amount of uh, effort that went into getting. Uh, the UFC on UFC central and their partnership with Rogers. I think, I think that may have been more a, um, uh, a two way thing. Whereas Rogers it's, it's, it's now at this point, it's just another piece of programming, but it will eventually pick up. I think the really, um, the real high, uh, the real, uh, exciting thing is the partnership with uh, fight network in the sense that that's the in depth, the constant 24 hour, MMA aspect to it. And uh, that's where you have people like Robin, who I love dearly, and uh, all the other gang who's uh, a part of it that literally are doing really great work every single day. So TSN is going to be like um, showing the the, the big fights, but um, you have something like the Fight Network that will show everything for all the fight fans. That's true. And you mentioned Robin Black. Is he still your manager? Uh, No, he's not. At this point, we're we're basically... um, we, we basically the idea that we both are very um, focused on our own lives and he's still a, a bestie of mine. And uh, after I kick butt, I'm going to come back and have a couple of beers with him. But uh, he's no longer my manager. All right, because I remember he was saying he was trying to phase out, but you were the last client he was working with. He wanted to make sure you were handed off to someone good. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. Uh, right now I'm working with uh, Alex, who was one of his partners previously. Uh, Alex um, Caparici who's a uh, part of uh, premium management. All right. That's all right. That's good. So you're going to be fighting in Texas coming up, Dallas, Texas. How do you feel about that fighting out of the country there? Do you feel less pressure? Do you feel more pressure? No, I just feel the same. It's regardless of where it is, I'm punching and kicking a man that is equally confident that he can punch and kick me. Uh, I love playing with that being said, I love playing the spoiler. Uh, every single time I've been the, uh, the, the away team, I've always finished my opponent. So I'm really excited to uh, just basically prove that I'm a finisher. That's good. And I mean, despite some of the criticisms leveled against you, you, have an e- you actually have an equal amount of TKO finishes compared to your decision wins. You know, your four TKOs, your four decisions with two submissions. Yeah, and then actually one of those submissions, if you read into it, it's actually my Bellator one where he actually quit because I broke his eye socket. So it's really five and four with one submission. So I have more finishes 
when then I do um then I do decisions and 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 for those that kind of talk it's all talk uh, they're not the ones that are in the cage doing that and anyone that may give me some uh, criticism that is a professional fighter they're just upset because I'm making it look easy yeah you certainly are at this point in your career and you like I said you haven't had the tough road you haven't gone the boxing route we saw how it worked out for Holly Holm when she made her debut uh, she had all the hype behind her and she put in what many are considering a lackluster performance against um, Raquel Pennington. You haven't had that. You've uh, had tough fights. I mean, went from Sheldon Westcott right up to Bruno Santos, who he's not really a slouch, even if he is a bit more of a decision-heavy fighter. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And uh, some people have said that uh, they gave me kudos because Bruno like uh, can make anyone look bad. So uh, the fact that I made it somewhat of an exciting fight, to, especially towards the end, um, just shows that my want to actually finish fights um, and to, to kind of dissect that fight specifically, I just got a little confused in the actual third round because I thought I had more time. I was planning to go for the finish, but um, I just got confused, but that's just part of experience. Right. And uh, I think people are a little too hard on Holly Holmes. I think she actually did a, a decent fight and that's who she actually was. It was just more of the hype that was behind her. It wasn't her. She isn't, a lot of her finishes are against people uh, that are, don't have that much merit, but that's more to the fact that women's MMA in many aspects is um, a very, very different in regards to you have the really, really great up there and there's far few in between with that are up there, right? There's, there's Ronda Rousey and then there's kind of everyone else. And then there's the whole, like, you know, people that Ronda Rousey have beat that are great fighters. And then like, you know, not that many other people that are that great. It's uh, where they're at. It's kind of similar to where Anderson Silva was a few years ago when he was just completely dominating the Nate Quarries, the Talis Leites, the Patrick Cotes of the world. Yeah, no, very, very true. And hopefully you'll be able to get to that point sooner or later in your career as well. Yeah, uh, but with that being said, uh, there's no rush. I'm only 26 years of old of age, and uh, I've only been pro for three years, so. I would like to look at it as it's a marathon, not a, not a sprint. And the average median age for uh, my weight class is 31. So I got five years to my technical prime. You're definitely in a good position. So moving on to a lighter subject, how long are you planning on keeping the whole hair thing going? Have you ever woken up one day and just thought, hmm, I'm going to shave my head today? No, no, I am terrified to do that. I... Um, I'm uh I'm big into mythology, and then there's also Samson, who, who got all his uh, who got all his po power from his hair. So I'm terrified. Uh, nothing more than a trim, but uh, actually now it's going to be the longest it's ever been, especially going into the cage, and uh, it'll be up in a bun and a and a what's it called ponytail of sorts, and I'm ready to be the much better looking guy kicking the crap out of the less better looking guy. <laughs> So how long are we talking? Are we talking like heavy metal long? Uh, not yet, but uh, I'm going to be able to rock out soon enough. Yeah. Oh, awesome to hear. I'm just, I, guys, once you get to the Clay Guida stage, then you'll be set. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, so going back to Robin Black, you know, not everybody knows about his history prior to the Fight Network back when he was an intergalactic rock star. <laughs> Do you ever bug him about that? No, I, he has the coolest friggin' stories you've ever heard. Uh, he he honestly has lived more lives in so his surprising. Like in, when you look at him, how beautiful of a man he is, you don't realize that he's in his forties, mid forties. Uh, I know he's the best looking forty-something year old I in know. Canada. I know exactly. So and not the and throwing the fact that he has more partying, drugs, rock and roll, and women under his belt than most people do in ten lifetimes. So uh, I, I don't tease him about it. I fucking I friggin' want to know the stories because uh, he has some really crazy ones. Yeah, I, I'm sure. And especially what he did getting into mixed martial arts at his age, just as a bucket list thing and to get better at his job. I mean, that's something you have to respect. Totally. Uh, the amount, like the, the amount of respect I have for him and the idea that he stepped in the cage nearly as many times as I have to basically be a martial artist and to do his job better is, is an amazing thing. And I'm actually so proud of him and where he is right now in his career. Yes. Uh, does he, do you ever go to him for hair tips as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just go to him and regardless for tips, I, I go to him regardless for tips. Cause like I said, he has 
he has more experience in his 47 years of life than most people do in 10 lifefolds. So he's a, a friend that I always go back to just to basically hear his opinion on um, whether it is martial arts, life, and hair. Yeah. And again, with the hair, are you, do you, have, do you go with the store brands or are you a salon guy? <laughs> uh, actually, my coach, uh, my coach Lachlan, his, uh, his, his girlfriend uh, owns a, um, uh, a uh, salon herself. So it's called the Die For, and uh, she does all my hair needs. Okay, that's two D Y E four. Yeah, yeah, it's a pun. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I heard there was a shop uh, band actually named themselves after this years ago. It was called Curl Up and Die. Hilarious. Yeah. So, sir, so you mentioned having a couple of beers. I know Ontario doesn't. They've got a bit of a craft scene, and uh, at MMASucka.com, I do uh, a regular thing where I advise people on what to drink for the pay-per-views. What should people be drinking when they watch you on the UFC 185 prelims? Huh. What should they be drinking? Uh, honestly, uh, drink anything, anything that will make, uh, I'm trying to say something funny, but I'm, I'm too hungry, too hangry to think of anything <laughs> clever. Honestly, just drink whatever your heart desires. And uh, just know that, by the time the pay-per-view starts, I will be having my own beers. Excellent. All right. So where can people find you on social media, Elias? Uh, everyone can find me at, at Elias Theodoro for uh, Twitter and then Elias UFC for Instagram. All right. So once again, he is Elias Teodoro. He is the Spartan. He is taking on Roger Narvaez on the UFC 185 prelims. Is that on Fight Pass or has it been bumped up to uh, television? I believe I'm the last one on the TSN and Fox. Excellent. Group. Yeah. All right. So keep an eye out for Elias on TSN this upcoming Saturday, the 14th. Good luck to you, Elias. Uh, thank you for your time. And we're going to throw this back to Jeremy after a word from our sponsors. Thank you very much, brother. Right. Amazon.com, the place to go when you need gifts, books, DVDs, CDs. Almost anything you can think of can be found at Amazon.com. And if you click the link on the Sucker Radio page here at MMASucker.com, when you go to make your purchase, they'll kick a little bit back to us. No extra charges. No hidden fees. They just hook us up. Because you know what? Microphones and bandwidth ain't cheap. I say it all the time. And it's true. It's like death and taxes. It's just a truism. Bandwidth and microphones aren't cheap. And if you go and make your purchase by clicking the Amazon.com link at MMASucket.com Sucker Radio page, then you can help us out. Make your purchase. No extra costs. No hidden fees. And Amazon kicks a little bit back to us. So click that Amazon.com link on the Sucker Radio page the next time you're ordering online. There you have it, folks. Another edition, episode, whatever you want to call it, of Sucker Radio is in the books. This past weekend, there were no fights. There was no UFC. There was no World Series of Fighting. There was no Titan FC. There was no Bellator. So there's not much to talk about to finish off this show. Uh, I'd like to thank Justin Pirro for hosting the show last week. He he helped me out quite a bit. I was very, very under the weather, um, bedridden for a few days there. I had this cold for like four weeks, and uh, it was one that I just couldn't kick. And in fact, I'm still sort of suffering a bit of the coughing and, and the sore throat. So thank you to Justin for doing that last week. Also thanks to him for doing the Elias Theodoro interview and his unpopular opinions. So thanks to those guys. Thank you to my guest, Jeff Aronson, Titan FC CEO. He's got big things in the works from the sounds of it in New York City um, or New York State. Obviously, he has a few meetings there. I don't know what's up his sleeve for that, but uh, keep your ear on the streets to Titan FC. It sounds like they're going to have some some big news uh, uh, next Friday night. Uh, during their Titan FC 33 broadcast on CBS Sports. And not so distant future after that, he said they'll be dropping some 2015 news, including signings, um, news, fight announcements, uh, you know, event announcements. Everything you can get from Titan FC will be coming 
through the woodwork very, very soon. So thank you to him for joining me. Thank you to you guys. Thank you to the listeners who join Sucker Radio week in and week out. This show would not be possible without you. We have these sponsorship ads. Please, please help us out by heading on over to Onnit, heading over to Amazon, checking out DraftKings because these guys do big things. We're going to have a contest going in the next little while with DraftKings as well as another big, big, big company that uh, is hooking us up with a nice prize to give away for the MMA Sucka listeners who uh, enter the DraftKings contest using our our coupon code or our link from our website. So listen for that in the not-so-distant future or check it out on MMASucka.com because the contest will be up there in the next week, I'd like to hope at least. Um... So check us out, MMASucker.com. we got good things over on the website. As I said, fight predictions will be coming on Friday. Justin Pierrot put out a piece on Elias Theodoro, sort of teasing this interview that was on this show. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff out there. Uh, you know, Mike Fagan put out a good piece about the UFC pay-per-view strategies uh, earlier this week. Check that out. Uh, check out MMA Sucker on Facebook. Make sure you like us there. Follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucker and myself at JeremyBrand604. With that, I'm out.